0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to That Time When, the comedy history podcast where we talk about strange things that happen in history. And my goodness, it's been a little while since we've done so. (laughs) I am your host for this week, Barnaby King, and joining me as ever is my co-host, Amelia Edwards. Hello. Hello. Yes, uh, if you're listening to this in the future, that probably doesn't make sense. You've gone from one episode to another, and you're like, what are they talking about, a break or anything like that? For the benefit of those listening in the future, we've had... About three, four months off? Four we months We have off. had
1: four months off. Yeah. Things just kept happening that stopped us coming back.
0: Yes, unfortunately so. We initially just wanted to take a bit of time off around Christmas. We both had very busy schedules mm-hmm. and it just wasn't feasible. So we thought, you know what, we'll start again in the new year.
1: Once we can make the podcast a little bit better. Yeah. Than just us really tiredly crawling to the mic and going, hello.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but instead what we got was... A load of nonsense happening to both of us in 2023. Absolutely, we did. Uh, including a, a few, a couple of weeks ago, uh, the ceiling of our living room came in.
1: So if there's more echoes, that's why. <laughs> it's not to do with poor equipment.
0: <laughs> no, it's to do the, with the fact that the person who owned this house before us basically employed a friend, I think, as their plumber, and our shower drain popped out. Uh, we didn't know about this, so water just kind of went into the ceiling. <laughs>
1: but enough ado, tell yes. me what you have to tell me.
0: Well, if you cast your mind back into the mists of time when last we recorded, we were talking about mashers and hat pins.
1: We were talking about the potato famine. No. Mashes.
0: Yes, I get it. We
1: were talking... Like mashed potatoes. Yes, I
0: I get it. I get it. We were talking about the craze of women using hat pins to basically deter predatory men.
1: I do remember this. Good. I do remember them stabbing men. Yes. And everyone was like, oh, that's brilliant. And then they were like, we need to make a law to stop this. Yes,
0: exactly. Well, I discovered something else where ladies' fashion aided in crime because you know technically it was crime they were stabbing people yeah
1: stabbing people's a crime even when it's cool
0: yeah exactly um so yes i found the story for today and i have a question for you before we begin go on have you ever been robbed by an elephant (laughs) no 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 not even an elephant in london I don't think so. Well, that would put you in the minority for people in London, in the Elephant and Castle region, between the sort of late 19th, early 20th centuries.
1: Was, okay, was this actual elephants, or was this like people calling themselves elephants because they're from Elephant and Castle? This week we are talking about the 40 Elephants, or
0: the 40 Thieves, a name given to a gang of all-women thieves who operated out of elephant and castle elephant and castle which is like a
1: famously dodgy area i think it's still thought of as a little bit like you might get mugged if you go there it
0: is yes uh it was known in the 19th century as being a particular hub of gang activity particularly with a group called the elephant and castle mob who i i know it's it's just very on the nose come up with better names Yeah, looking into this, you kind of discover that many gang names in that sort of industrial revolution era Britain yeah. were real dumb. <laughs> okay. Like I mean, that's where we get the peaky blinders from. Oh yeah. Yeah, and that's because, you know,
1: they've got things in their caps that will blind you. Exactly. On yeah. the peaks
0: of their caps even. Yeah. And Peaky Blinders is probably one of the better uh, gang names. <laughs> Amazing. But the elephants and castle mob are actually very important to our story. But I'll kind of, I'll take us back a little bit. Mm -hmm. The first official report of the existence of the 40 elephants. Stop laughing every time you hear 40 elephants. Uh, That was in 1873. Okay. But suspicions were that something, according to like the prototype version of the gang, may have existed well back into the 18th century. Okay. If that's the case, this gang would have lasted for about 200 years. Wow. Which is pretty impressive. some very old ladies or elephants. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Well... It was born out of the fact that during the Industrial Revolution, women who managed to get employed faced kind of two futures, Mm -hmm. either promotion or stagnation. Yeah. And most of them found stagnation.
1: I mean, that makes sense. I don't think there were many opportunities for women to get promoted in, say, factories.
0: Exactly. And many of the jobs that they had already were generally either paid enough to sort of like just about live on or not enough to get to live on at all and this led to many of these women to basically become frustrated with society Mm -hmm. and these were the ones who usually turned to crime in some way or another because it was much more lucrative
1: I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I guess a lot of the wages for women... Well, back in those days, you were allowed to pay women less. Yeah. And a lot of the wages for women kind of supposed that a woman would stay at home with her family until she got married. So the idea is, like, we don't need to pay them enough to live on Mm. because it's going to be supplementary.
0: But even so, like, even when many of these women from poorer backgrounds are married... They yeah, might have not multiple gonna children, it's not going to be enough. No, <laughs> no, not really.
1: Not until the children come and go out to work, <laughs> ship them off down the baby mines.
0: Exactly.
1: Well, this
0: led to a sharp rise in women's shoplifting. And it seems like this was the sort of early rumblings of the 40 Elephants. Okay. And it was aided by the fact of women's fashion.
1: Okay. Oh, because their skirts were so big.
0: Their skirts were so big that they could go into shops and hide stuff in them. Yeah. And people would, you know, not want to say, hello. Excuse me. (laughs) Can you lift your skirt so that I can check (laughs) that you've got stuff?
1: Well, I think if they asked that, you'd be absolutely justified in stabbing them with a hat pin, wouldn't you? Exactly,
0: yeah. So this allowed many women to become pretty proficient shoplifters. Mm. And a number of them started organising themselves together. And in 1873, We have the first official report of this group The 40 Elephants Okay, Which I believe was so called Because you know There were 40 of them at first And they came from Elephant and Castle They also developed a technique Whereby they would basically swarm a shop or descend upon it en masse okay. and cause so much confusion that no one would notice individual people pocketing items. That and
1: makes a lot of sense. It yeah. is very hard to pay attention to a classroom of 30 kids, and I can only <laughs> assume it's even harder if you've got 40 women with voluminous skirts.
0: Exactly. And then as suddenly as they arrived, they would scatter in different directions yeah. so that even if, you know, the police of the time did manage to catch one many others would have gotten away and generally then they would have had enough money to pay off any any bail or legal bills.
1: That makes perfect sense.
0: Yeah. So they didn't start off as an independent gang but kind of a, a side part of the Elephant and Castle mob. Okay. But in the 1870s, the group split away uh, under the influence of Mary Carr, who was an artist's model and a well-known thief. Amazing. Do we have any paintings of her? Unfortunately, we don't. We have very little information about Mary Carr. We do have much more information about the gang's second leader, but I'll get to that later. Okay. Let me just tell you, you are going to love her.
1: Okay, good. But also, I love that they decided to be 40 elephants instead of 40 castles. Yeah. <laughs> it's because they never forget.
0: Oh, that's very good. Uh, Yeah, kind of. <laughs> uh, and that is both a positive and a negative thing, actually. Mm-hmm. Well, Mary Carr became the first queen of the Forty Elephants. Lovely. The head of the Forty Elephants was always called the queen.
1: Of course. Why
0: not? Because it was a strictly women-only group. (laughs) Uh, Amazing. Mary Carr actually negotiated the schism. This wasn't a sort of, like, violent split away from the Elephant and Castle mob, but it kind of became a business deal. The Forty Elephants would still work with the Elephant and Castle mob uh, because the Elephant and Castle mob were exclusively men okay and they would basically offer protection to the 40 elephants and in exchange the 40 elephants would give them a cut of their earnings
1: okay so we're sort of moving into a sort of mafiosi type thing exactly yeah right
0: and this was very advantageous particularly in the early days because the elephant and castle mob were known and feared throughout london okay great so the 40 elephants were pretty safe to start off and they already had this sort of tradition of women shoplifting
1: okay so now you've got all these women descending on you and you're like oh god i can't keep track of them and also i'm gonna get beaten up by a load of (laughs) guy like a load of gangsters if i even say anything yeah
0: basically
1: like why bother i'm just going to bed (laughs)
0: So because they were professional shoplifters, the 40 Elephants didn't keep the stuff that they stole, but instead sold it on through a network of fences. Mm -hmm. And this became their big thing. They managed to have this expanding ring of ways to move their stolen goods around. Um, I believe that somewhere in a museum, there is still one of the ledgers uh, that kind of have a bit like the dummy ledgers yeah. that uh have all the fake accounts and then there's like hints of what actually was <laughs> going on underneath. Amazing. This led to the 40 Elephants being pretty rich and pretty successful. Uh They managed to get to the point where they could start bribing the police Good. and many of the law officials and basically, if not work with impunity, then at least, you know... Enough safety that they started expanding. Ooh. They moved on from shoplifting to a few other uh, methods. Okay. Which include uh, honey trap but blackmailing.
1: Great, yes. Where
0: basically, you know, seduce a married man, yeah. get a photograph or whatever, <laughs> and then threaten to tell his wife.
1: It's just really difficult in, what was it, the 1800s? The, yeah, the 1870s is when really it started. It's really hard in the 1870s because you've got to get the guy <laughs> to stay still for long <laughs> enough for the photo to, you know... Oh, uh, what's the word? Develop. Develop,
0: yeah. Well, I'm sure there were other ways, but they did do blackmailing. Um, they also... Started a racket whereby they would con their way into jobs in the households of estates mm-hmm. with fake names and fake references and then just rob the place and leave. That makes sense. Yeah. Despite this growing influence, including, as I say, bribing the police to look the other way, many of the shops and department stores were becoming wise to their tactics and basically started taking measures against them to make it more difficult for them to steal. Obviously, they couldn't outright ban them or, Mm. you know, do anything to them because then the Elephant and Castle mob would get involved. But they started taking more precautions, just making it a bit more difficult. Okay. Okay. So, rather than escalate the situation, the 40 Elephants actually started expanding out of London.
1: Okay, that makes sense.
0: They started using the train network to travel around the country, committing their crimes in smaller towns, and particularly in seaside resorts as well.
1: Oh, man, I always knew that the train network was a bad idea. (laughs) People shouldn't travel.
0: Well... All technology is fair game for the 40 elephants because uh in the early 20th century, when cars started becoming uh, a bigger deal, they were actually one of the first gangs who started using, like, getaway cars.
1: Oh, my gosh. Really? Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. I know. It's pretty good.
1: But um, also, those cars would have been so slow. I hope that they were using getaway cars back when you had to sit on the car <laughs> and it's, like, going at maybe yeah. five miles an hour.
0: <laughs> well, it still probably would have been easier to get away. in fact I know that what they would do is basically run away from the police a bit drop their stolen goods to uh, an agent or associate or something like that and then lead the police away from the associate
1: oh that's clever so
0: that even if they were caught because as you say cars were not (laughs) <laughs> always the fastest they would no longer have the stolen goods on them and it's like wasn't me governor i'm
1: just a lady taking a ride in my automobile
0: oh yes i i did a, i did a cockney voice <laughs> but really many of these women were pretending to be sort of of higher class than they were because mm. that made it more likely that they wouldn't be searched people are too embarrassed to search a lady
1: <laughs> and now I've just got an image of them being like Eliza from my fair lady I mean. <laughs> yes I'm a lady I am <laughs> you can't accuse me of stealing and then getting in this here automobile
0: <laughs> well the uh, introduction of the car to the gang was actually something that happened under their second leader because around 1915 uh leadership changed hands moving from mary carr to their next leader who we know much more about alice diamond (laughs) no (laughs) also known as diamond alice yep also known as annie diamond right also known as diamond annie right and known in the press as Alice Diamond, the man-killing Amazon.
1: What? Oh, I love that. But also, isn't it kind of sad that um, Ms. Carr was not the one who introduced them to the automobile? I know, that right? would have been fitting. Yeah. But also, I lo- like this happens so often with Victorian women when no one knows what anyone's first name is. Oh, we actually know her name. Oh, we know
0: her full name. Oh, uh, she was Alice Diamond. I'm not kidding That was an actual surname uh, She was actually Going to be born Alice Blacks Okay um, Because her parents At the time Weren't married But they managed To basically Finagle it So that She, she got could, a better name Well so, so that she could Take her father's name Because hey. her father Was Thomas Diamond
1: Okay, first up, that's so cool. I know, right? And second of all, the thing I meant was like the fact that they keep swapping between Alice and Annie. Oh, I see. Not related. Uh, Yeah. No. (laughs) I mean,
0: we know that she actually was Alice. Okay. I don't know why. It may be someone reported it wrong or something. I just sort of went, yeah, fair enough.
1: I mean, maybe it's like D.B. Cooper, where it's not D.B. Cooper, it's Dan Cooper. The B was made up.
0: Could very well be. Well, Diamond was, as I say, actually her name. Uh, Okay. uh, And she was born in 1896. So she was only in her early 20s when she took control of the gang. Oh, my God. Uh, And this was because Alice was already a well-known criminal, even as a teenager. She liked extravagance Mm -hmm. and violence. (laughs) Okay. And this was best displayed by the fact that Going with her namesake, she used to wear a bunch of diamond rings on one hand to act as brass knuckles.
1: That is horrifying and I love it. Yeah.
0: She was also super tall. Okay. She was, we don't know exactly, I've seen differing accounts, but she was between five foot nine and six foot tall. Ooh. Which, considering the average height of a man at the time was about five foot six. Yeah. Like, she was indeed an Amazon.
1: Yeah, okay. That makes sense. I thought they were just being like, oh, she's sexy, but it's like, oh, she's real
0: tall. She's real tall and also real strong. Uh, Reports say that it took three policemen to bring her down when she was first arrested. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. So Alice Diamond, despite being very young, was basically impressive enough that the older women were kind of like, yeah, she should be in charge.
1: Otherwise she might beat us up. Well, the thing is
0: that she wasn't just strong and violent but she was also really clever okay she reorganized the 40 elephants so that they would be split up into smaller cells with each cell run by its own queen who would then answer to her okay the kind of queen of queens if you will (laughs) But this meant that they organised it so that they would commit various crimes simultaneously to basically divide police attention. Well, that's really clever. Yeah, she also codified the rules for the gang, creating a democratic system of equality that saw profits being distributed equally, along with various other rules uh, which involved looking after the families of imprisoned members. Okay, and a few other codes of conduct, and this was known as the Hoister's Code. Okay, what's a Hoister? As in someone who hoists something or steals it. Wonderful. Yeah.
1: She's reminding me a bit of uh, Madame Jung.
0: Yes, very much so. The
1: Pirate Queen. Yeah. Who, if you're new to this podcast, because it's just come up for you, go listen to it. It's a good episode.
0: <laughs> Why, thank you. It was another one of mine. <laughs> <laughs> The 40 Elephants uh, also really heavily controlled their turf, and other criminals who profited on that turf would have to pay a tithe to the 40 Elephants or else would get beaten up or kidnapped until they paid up.
1: <laughs> wow, okay.
0: Because at this point, while they did still have the Elephant and Castle mob sort of as muscle, mm-hmm. they were known for being pretty violent themselves. Well, by this
1: point, they'd really discovered happens. happened.
0: So. <laughs> no, uh, much worse than that. Yeah? Uh, one such member was... Babyface Maggie who was named now-
1: Babyface is so threatening as a as a gang name. I don't know why. She
0: was one of the most violent. Mm-hmm. Uh she frequently used a straight razor to cut people. Oh my god. Yep. She was known to be so violent and unmanageable that she was basically un like it was considered that she couldn't possibly work in a gang. The only person who could control her
1: Was Alice Diamond Oh my god I know right Okay that's really terrifying And why has no one made a film of this Because that relationship would be so cool Yeah
0: I mean there were other members as well But I I think part of the thing is that It's hard to find details About pretty much anyone but Alice Diamond Okay Um, I think that I don't know if it's one of those things Where it's like there's not interest But there's, there's probably some misogyny going on here um, probably
1: Most I mean, definitely
0: there, There's stuff we'll go on to uh, Quite shortly actually
1: And also we have always found it A bit difficult to do research On criminal undergrounds Oh yeah For obvious reasons
0: Yeah because they do also Tend to get Kind of mythologised And romanticised Particularly mm-hmm. of this era um, When the press was Like very keen to report On the details Of criminal activity mm-hmm. And it would always be Sensationalised want
1: some horrible murders
0: Exactly yeah so Alice Diamond, as you can see, is kind of revolutionizing the gang. Mm-hmm. Uh, she also is apparently credited with suggesting a way to counter the changing fashions because obviously wider skirts. Less popular now. Now
1: we've got the bustle at the
0: best, I guess. (laughs) But she is credited as the person who suggested basically sewing pockets to the inside of their clothing and creating slits in it Mm -hmm. so that they could quickly stuff stuff inside.
1: I mean, that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it's a pretty good, it's pretty good racket.
1: I mean, that sounds like the invention of how pockets work in skirts Mm. for modern women. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Because people, like, a, a side note in history, um, <laughs> people didn't used to have pockets like we have pockets today. Um, they used to have overskirts and then, like, a slit, and then they'd have a pocket that was on a belt or something mm. underneath their overskirt. Um, but it sounds like she's putting in pockets the way they go into skirts nowadays, where it's, like, sewn into the seat. Yeah, yeah
0: basically
1: so she's a fashion designer and we can all be thankful for her because <laughs> my god if i don't love a skirt with pockets yes
0: absolutely so you can hoard your stolen loot
1: so i can steal all the things because <laughs> i secretly am an elephant despite being in norwich where yeah i don't think that would work all right. of our pubs seem to be named after animals yeah, i am true. a plump cat <laughs> <laughs> well
0: the 40 elephants seem to have had their best years during the interwar period Uh, During this time, they got a lot of fame and notoriety and the newspapers really started writing about them. And they really played up to this. Like, they were known for having this extravagant lifestyle with Mm -hmm. all their riches. I mean, I've already told you about Alice Diamond being extravagant, but this kind of extended to the other members as well. Okay. And the newspapers would frequently report on the raucous parties they would have. They would (laughs) go around to clubs and pubs and basically just... Just party They're the Great Gatsby They kind of are They were actually compared In their extravagant lifestyles To the Bright Young Things group Who were a group of Bohemian aristocrats Mm. And socialites
1: But these guys Aren't aristocrats So they're not really Allowed it so much
0: Yeah I mean they're also all women Oh yeah (laughs) But tisk. I know I know And This actually the, The reporting By the newspapers May well have helped Protect the 40 Elephants
1: because the police would be unpopular if they went after them? Not quite.
0: So I've already told you that, you know, the police had a lot of the police had been bribed yeah. and were in the pocket of the forty elephants. The ones who weren't Basically because of these stories They kind of took them as just being Oh this is just a gang of women partying Like then they couldn't possibly be This group of thieves or anything like that Oh
1: right
0: Which is why I said misogyny actually helped them a bit
1: <laughs> Yeah I mean isn't that always the way yeah. You get those little weird loopholes Where people go oh they're there They're just having a nice time They're just having a party exactly. Like maybe they pick up one or two things But it's not a big deal
0: No there's more important people we can go after to. Let's just let's just leave these dainty lady folk with their <laughs> massive, massive leader to to their party.
1: Let's just think a little bit harder about Jack the Ripper. I know that was like <laughs> thirty years ago now, but we could catch him.
0: Yes, exactly. The start of the downfall of the Forty Elephants is probably... It's pretty fair to say that it happened in 1925. Okay. I know. It was because of a member of the gang called Marie Britton. Mm -hmm. And she wanted to marry a man who was not involved in the criminal underground of London. Okay. This was against the rules of the Hoister's Code. And it's kind of... Apparently it was a general rule... That would happen in these criminal gangs. Basically, you don't want to try and get outsiders in.
1: That makes sense. Like, you're more likely to have a kind of gap in your... Like, a a broken link in your chain or something like that. Yeah,
0: exactly. So it's basically... Like, it doesn't have to be in the gang. It just has to be, you know, someone from the criminal underworld. Yeah, we
1: don't want somebody who's going to go to the police.
0: Yeah, exactly. But Marie was basically like, you know, she was young. She was in love. Mm Mm-hmm. She wanted to marry this man, and Alice Diamond heard about this. So, Alice had Marie brought before her as well as babyface Maggie.
1: Oh, God. Okay.
0: Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> A little side note as well. Uh, Maggie's final prison sentence was in 1939. She died in the 40s. Wow. Uh, and it was for assault. When Maggie attacked two women Using broken bottles against them Uh Causing one of the women to lose an eye Oh my god Yeah So obviously
1: She sounds terrifying (laughs) I'm so scared of her And I know she's dead
0: yeah she is pretty terrifying uh i think i found a photo of her it's hard to tell because people are real bad about <laughs> yeah marking who is who in these photographs because they normally have like three women together right um because there were some others who i'm not mentioning just because i don't really know enough about them Fair. um there was one oh god what was what was her nickname it was something like the bob haired bandit amazing like it's great. The 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 only problem is you get all these names. And if even if you're doing like a cursory look on Wikipedia, it's all broken links. So yeah. So it's all like they once had pages about them, but now they don't. Probably <laughs> yeah. because there wasn't enough to write it. Probably at, or, not. Yeah. Like,
1: and it was probably all speculation.
0: Almost certainly. Well, anyway, back to th- something that's not speculation. <laughs> <laughs> I hesitate to say fact because, you know...
1: Back to likelihood. Back to
0: likelihood. <laughs> Which, to be
1: honest, is like 80% of this podcast.
0: <laughs> well, Marie dutifully went along to this meeting, but, you know, she's pretty scared. Uh-huh. Alice Diamond is a scary figure. Maggie Hall is the devil. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so she brought along her dad to act as protection. Oh, yeah.
1: I still don't think that's a good idea.
0: I don't, I don't want to go to this meeting. No, it really wasn't a good idea because during the me- meeting, things got heated. Maggie drew out her straight razor and attacked Marie's dad.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Marie and her dad did manage to escape though. If not unharmed, then certainly, you know, alive. Yeah. Which is a pretty good outcome. <laughs> <laughs> This, of course, wasn't the end of the story. Marie ended up getting married, and she and her husband were attacked by Alice and the gang on the street. Mm. These women were very violent, as I said, and because of that, this led to bystanders who were in the way getting involved in the violence, and this actually led to the Lambeth Riots.
1: Oh, wow. Okay.
0: Uh, this was the crime for which Alice Diamond was ultimately arrested because she was considered to be the instigator. Yeah, I would say probably. Yeah. Uh, she and Maggie were both arrested. They could, the police could have arrested many of the other women, but it's speculated that many of these other women were kind of the figures involved in these blackmail schemes. Like they had been the honey pot, honeypots.
1: Right. Okay.
0: So. I think there were some powerful and influential men who were basically like, no, we don't want them up in the dock. Okay, fair. Like, you can arrest the ringleaders, just let these others go.
1: Yeah, I guess Babyface is like, nobody's honey trap, because she would probably have gone insane like two seconds in and Almost definitely,
0: yeah. Yeah. So, in the dock, Alice was given 18 months imprisonment, Uh, Is
1: that all For instigating a riot Apparently
0: so It might have been longer It's hard to tell
1: exactly Okay Uh,
0: Likelihoods then Likelihoods Likelihoods Yeah Uh, I'm going with 18 months Just because more of the accounts I looked at Said 18 months Some of them went up to 3 years Mm. Um But this was also This was hard labour Okay So 18 months Would still be a pretty Significant amount of time
1: Yeah that's fair I remember Ned Kelly's mum Got 18 months of hard labour And people felt That that was deeply unfair I think she had a small child At the time But it was partly Because she's a woman as well Yeah I don't believe Alice Diamond Ever had
0: any children Or if she did We don't know about it
1: I mean I feel like Hard labour for Alice Diamond Is probably not as hard As it would be for other people (laughs) This is true
0: (laughs) Well, unfortunately for the 40 Elephants, this led to a power vacuum. Oh, no. Because Alice Diamond was gone, Maggie Hall was gone. And Alice's protege, a woman called Shirley Pitts, did end up as Queen of the 40 Elephants. But I think that at this point the power vacuum was still kind of there like i think shirley was technically in control but she didn't command as much respect as alice did she wasn't as tall it just was never gonna work she wasn't as tall and diamondy no no one called her shirley pitts the man killing amazon
1: (laughs) as if there's any other kind of amazon
0: (laughs) (laughs) the cheese eating amazon (laughs) um Anyway, Shirley was not as respected and also not as enterprising as Alice. And unfortunately, the gang basically descended back into just petty thievery. Right. By the time Alice was released from prison, the gang had lost a lot of clout. Mm. And Alice basically went, you know what? it's not worth me returning as leader because they're not powerful enough anymore.
1: Yeah, it must also be really hard to shoplift if you're wearing a flapper skirt. <laughs> yes, absolutely. There's definitely not enough space even for pockets and those things. No, this is true. And it was noted that they were,
0: it was suggested that they had been inspired by the extravagant lifestyles of like the movie starlets yeah. and the flappers uh, and were emulating them in what they did. So they probably would have worn the same sort of outfit. Well, if
1: they're going to look extravagant, they're going to be worn wearing those gorgeous dresses but Mm. by the time that they're finishing up here they're basically those thin tubes aren't they in (laughs) terms
0: of outfits (laughs) absolutely So, rather than take back her role as head of the 40 Elephants, Alice decided to, you know, kind of retire. Uh, She became the madam of a brothel. Okay. And then acted as godfather to up-and-coming criminal women. Nice. Who would basically go to her and she would give them advice. She's a
1: mentor. Yeah, she was a
0: mentor. She put them in touch with the right people.
1: That's amazing. (laughs) I mean, I know this isn't wholesome. This is really horrendous. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time... Oh, that's not that's a nice stuff. it
0: is isn't kind it kind of
1: if you take out the context
0: <laughs> <laughs> so the 40 elephants did continue to exist in some form up until the 1950s some accounts I read even put it as far as ending in 1992 what with the death of the final queen of the 40 elephants oh my god! I, I think she had probably given up the title long <laughs> before that
1: so like i'm just imagining like having spice girls or whatever was happening in 1992
0: yeah. <laughs> and the 40 elephants
1: i mean they had puffer jackets around the early 90s <laughs> so that sorry i'm thinking about all of this in terms of fashion that's fair well yeah. I think
0: by the 50s, they weren't really a thing. It was Mm. almost kind of ceremonial, like women would claim membership of this gang, but it didn't really come with any of the benefits it used to. Um, Because it was so sort of successful and close-knit in its heyday, people kind of compared it to a really powerful union, basically. And it did keep that whole sort of, you know, equitable arrangement thing going on where it's like, even though there was very definitely certain people in charge, there was a sense of everyone is benefiting equally. Yeah. So I think it's one of the things that worked really well and why that the gang existed for possibly as much as 200 <laughs> years.
1: Well, it sounds like during its heyday, it was like a really well-run uh, pirate ship, to be honest. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh, it's a shame that that heyday lasted about 10 years. Yeah. Uh, and, It is the coolest part of it. Mm. And I I believe that there is a historical fiction book that has been written about Alice Diamond and her time as leader of the 40 elephants. But you're right. It's one of those things that really feels... I mean, I know we say it a lot on this podcast. But it does really feel like it would work as a TV series or a film or something. Well,
1: see, I was thinking about Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey. Uh, And I was like, those two sound like the two kind of villains of that show right like the guy who runs the club and the guy who (laughs) cuts himself yeah
0: yeah well we can only hope that you know some enterprising director takes up the task and i might try and read that book as well Mm. because
1: it it, could be really good it
0: could be really good it sounds absolutely
1: terrifying (laughs)
0: absolutely Thank you for listening to That Time When. You can follow us on Twitter, although who knows how long that will last now that Musk is in charge, <laughs> uh, at That Time When 4. And you can suggest episodes to us at ttwpod at gmail.com.
1: If you want to help support our show, the best thing you can do is give us a shout out on Twitter for the moment, or tell your friends about us and help to spread the word a bit so that we can get even more people listening to our show
0: I might be spreading the podcast to Twitter alternatives who knows I haven't actually the mammoth thing Uh, no something else (laughs) I haven't actually talked to you about this yet oh okay
1: (laughs) and thank you as always for Kevin MacLeod for our theme song Anachronist as well as any other music that Barnaby's used in this podcast and thank
0: you for listening now go out invest in eels and beware London elephants
1: (laughs) goodbye